Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Randy Cross sitting in for Gio, and we're coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. And next on the show, Corey Chavis. Long time. Long time. Very damn good defensive back in the NFL. Mr. Corey Chavis. What's happening, Corey? Man, I thought you were going to introduce me as a longtime friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, next time. Yeah. Longtime friend. Longtime and... next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. College football analyst for CBS Sports Network. You are a friend. That is right. You are a friend of both Randy Cross and myself and a friend of the program as well. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good, man. How are y'all doing this morning? We are doing well. And right off the bat, I want to get your four teams that you think will be in this college football playoffs initial ranking. Well, I think uh, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, and um, I'm probably going to have to go with the last team being maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I'm going to go with Wisconsin as the, the fourth team. Well, that, that's not a surprise, but I am surprised that you would put Ohio State ahead of Oklahoma, both sitting there with one loss. And, of course, the only loss for Ohio State was at the hands of Oklahoma in Ohio State's backyard. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's a good point by you, but also I feel like, I mean, it, it's close. it was pretty close with me between Penn State and Ohio State, even though they lost to um, Ohio State. I still think that, uh, Penn State will get strong consideration just because of how some of the dominance of their wins. I think the reason why the thing that will hurt them is just how close the Iowa game was for Penn State. Now, you still didn't answer my question. Oklahoma beat Ohio State, man. Well, I know Iowa State beat TCU. Right. I like Iowa State a lot. But I still think, I just wonder how much credence uh, people are going to put on Iowa State. I guess if Iowa State is ranked, maybe they're ranked pretty high because of the two wins they've had now over two top five opponents, then I guess your point is valid. Oklahoma could go, go up and, and sneak in, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, I still feel like Ohio State is, uh, I guess it was such a blowout. I think that's what you're saying. Oklahoma right. dominated them so yeah. much. Dominate him, yeah, man. And I, Iowa I State. I mean, it's not. A, I don't have a perfect formula. I got to get some BJ. Brandon, what do you? Think? <laughs> neither, neither, neither does the playoff committee. So don't feel lonely on that one. <laughs> Iowa State is currently ranked 14th in the nation. Yeah, but I'm saying, what do you think they're going to be ranked in the co- in the? I guess the committee's poll tonight. Yeah, they'll probably be somewhere around there. I, I would believe, but uh, I just, I just think. Beating someone on their home turf and in the fashion in which you defeated them carries a lot of weight. And the team you lost to is now really being recognized as a quality 
better than average football team in Iowa State, knocking off not only uh, Oklahoma, but now TCU. So you've knocked off two top five teams Iowa State has. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I, I think Oklahoma should get more consideration having gone on the road and beat Ohio State there in, in uh, the horseshoe. And for my money, though, Corey, I mean, I kind of throw a blanket over Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. You know, I I'd go with the three undefeateds, considering that these polls really don't mean anything. Go ahead and give right. the undefeated teams their due and let the other three just kind of, you know, f- let them fight it out. See who, see who sticks around the longest as to who's going to get in. Well, I, I think you bring up a good point. What, what about, I mean, but the TCU, can they be in that blanket too just because since they were still keeping Oklahoma in it, TCU only loses to Iowa State, but yet they've beaten a team that I think will be around the top ten in Oklahoma State in their place. Does that mean TCU has still got some consideration? Well, TCU is sitting there at 10, to your point, and I, Oklahoma State, the team they beat, on uh, they're in Stillwater. Uh, they're right behind them. So uh, we're going to have to – that's what we love about and these we got polls. Be- and we got Bedlam this week. Right, so. we got Bedlam this week. <laughs> so that's going to muddy things a little bit more for one of these teams. But, okay, TCU loses, only scores seven points there at Iowa State. But they are still ahead of the team. They knocked off Oklahoma State, but yet Ohio State jumps ahead of Oklahoma team they lost to. So that's why we like these polls. It, it forces us to get out and argue. Conversations. It, it, exactly. It, it fuels the conversation. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I think it's going to set up. I, I think the only thing that I find most interesting is that even in our conversation so far this morning, the Big 12 teams seem to all be getting talked about and – I think they're going to maybe play themselves out of it because they decided to add the conference championship game. But I think that by the time they get to it, everybody will already have a loss. Well, they already already everybody already does. Yeah, everyone has a loss currently, and I I I think we'll see, have to see what shakes out in the other conferences. The Pac-12, of course, Washington has a a, a loss now, and and uh, everyone has a. Uh, a lost on their leisure there in the Pac-12, and, and we'll see how this Big Ten plays out. Looks like Ohio State can run the table. Of course, you have big games versus Michigan. Iowa will not just roll over and let them run through them uh, this weekend, and, and and we'll see if Penn State can jump back in it. And Wisconsin, can they stay unscathed as they head towards another conference championship ball game? That's going to be yeah. the big question. Hey, Corey, who, who's the best team you've seen this year so far? Well, that's a good one. Um, I think probably uh, in terms of well, Ohio State. As I did, I went to their first game of the season. Uh, well, I, I, it's tough because I went to their first game of the season, and then I went to Penn State and watching them both in person. I thought Penn State had a little bit better team, mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of just athletes. And the only reason I said that was because I thought Ohio State would have a markedly better defensive front than than what I expected to see from Penn State, even though I knew they had recruited well. But I was, to be honest, I was a little bit slightly more impressed with Penn State's defensive front and person uh, just in terms of their get-off. And, and, and of course, one team was playing Indiana and the other team was playing Pittsburgh. But just being down on the field and seeing the size of both, uh, you know, I think that's a big deal. I thought that the offensive lines were kind of similar, you know, a little bit probably, I guess, more highly acclaimed recruits in terms of Ohio State. But some of those guys haven't quite developed. They seem like they're getting better, and I think that showed up a little bit in the fourth quarter on Saturday 
that their offensive line is getting better at Ohio State. Corey Chavis, college football analyst, CBS Sports Network, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio, Gio and Jones. JT Barrett, I know you, you, you're probably already uh, getting your draft nasty, uh, your, your, your analysis all together, and, and I know that takes up a ton of your time, and it's a great product that you put out each and every year. What would you have JT Barrett rated as far as the quarterbacks coming out next year's draft? He's probably, for me, just uh, I would probably say, you know, a guy that's a fringe guy, you know what I mean, quite honestly. I mean, I know that he's a great college player, probably will be in the top five in the Heisman, but I just don't see the – even on the game, the game-winning touchdown, for example, a, a step late, you know, just doesn't always anticipate the throws. And I think that extra step – I remember a corner route he threw against Nebraska a couple of weeks back. I was watching it. And just seeing like how the, the player came open, and he had to see it another step before he threw it. And you guys know this. You, you know we've all played the next level. You know that extra step is an incompletion in, in the NFL, and you see it every week from Cam Newton. You know be a step late. You know, so I just feel like um, he doesn't have the, the overwhelming skill set to overcome that. I do think he'll get a chance, um, but uh, again, you know he, he's going to have to kind of will himself. Uh, very, I thought he was, uh, has improved his accuracy in the medium range game, though. So, who would be your top quarterbacks right now? Uh, Rosen, Darnold. If you know Darnold decides to come out, who knows what's going to happen? But who, who's your, who are your top guys? Well, of those guys, the two that you just named, I, I like Rosen. Um, but I just don't think. I think what a lot of times when people talk about the quarterbacks, they just seem to leave Lamar Jackson out of it, and. Mm-hmm. The reason why I don't think you can, because I think he's, you know, obviously you can nitpick his game as well, but you can do the same thing with the other guys. I mean, he is averaging, you know, well over 300 yards passing, and some of it has been junk yardage, and he hasn't always shown up. But I don't know about the talent around him. I think the same thing you have to do when you look at Josh Allen at, at Wyoming uh, in terms of supporting cast. And I think Lamar Jackson has something that you can't discount, and it's what Michael Vick had when he came out. And this this isn't Cam Newton, this isn't Deshaun Watson, this is four three, and so yeah. you're going to pick up an extra five first downs with that a game, and that's why Michael Vick didn't have to be a great passer. I played against him a lot, and it was very very different when you played against somebody like Michael Vick because the passing part actually became secondary. And I think that's what Lamar Jackson is going to bring if he decides to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that he's played under Petrino. So for me, Lamar Jackson is a rare commodity in terms of uh, playing the position because you can't, you know, discount the fact that he has very, very uh, spectacular arm talent. Baker Mayfield. I think he's in the mix in the top five. I think he. I think this game, you know, is kind of a top five breakup game between him and Rudolph. Uh, sometimes I think instinctively you could think that Mayfield sometimes is more instinctive than Rudolph. Rudolph obviously better size and maybe even better deep ball touch consistently. I think Mayfield has a chance to be a second or third round pick. I think he'll get an invitation to the senior bowl. I think Rudolph will as well. So this battle between these two is just starting this Saturday. I'm gl- I'm glad you mentioned that about about Jackson because it seems like in a lot of notice around the country since they as a team have dropped off his his publicity his 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 his, his mentions have dropped like a rock 
But you look back yeah. at his stats every week, and he's throwing for a bunch of yards. He's running for a bunch of yards. He's still getting touchdowns. It's just the other guys are scoring two touchdowns more than them. Yeah, you're exactly right, Randy. And and, and he's he's had a lot of drops. I mean, if you look at the Florida State game, he threw two game-winning touchdowns before it even came down to the fumble by Blackman where they had to get the ball back. And then he led a 90-yard a game-winning drive for them, but he had had two touchdowns dropped previously. And, again, I want to emphasize, I do think he still misses some throws. He airmails some throws, Mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near as pronounced as what you would think. And there's a lot of throws that he makes that are, you know, just the simple throws and layups that he doesn't miss. He's gotten a lot better. uh, He runs into too many sacks. He's got to improve his ball security. That's the same thing with Darnold. Donald probably does not as careful throwing the ball, and he also fumbles a lot. Now, the most natural passer of the group to me is Rosen, uh, and I think Allen may – him and Jackson are on par with Armstrong. I think Allen may be a little bit better with that, and Allen's getting better as the year is going on. Well, let's talk about a position you know a ton about, not to say you don't know uh, about these others because you do, but defensive backfield. And you look at Florida State, they are reeling. They got their – you know what's handed to him uh, the other night versus Boston College. And you look at some of the studs in their secondary. Uh, is it Tavares McFad- McFadden and, and Derwin James? Uh, are you seeing still stellar play from, from those guys? Because coming into the season, we were hyping them up, uh, and then they were two of the stalwarts on that defense that we thought would be formidable. And uh, as I said, Florida State's just been taking it on the chin. Yeah, it's a great point you bring up with, with those two guys. I think McFadden may end up uh, essentially – he's probably best as a cover two corner. Uh, I think long speed will be the question with him. Very instinctive player who can uh, has excellent ball skills, okay tackler. When routes break away from him, he doesn't have great closing speed. I think James is going to have to be – if you're going to be a first-round pick with him – more of the Deion Buchanan type, and me, you, and Randy have kind of broken a lot of these guys down together. You know, that hybrid kind of guy, you know, linebacker. You know, I don't know off the hash whether – I mean, I you watch him against Lamar Jackson, a couple of angles that he takes, uh, just coming down from the top down. And you can see, you know, that adjustment against players of that caliber may be difficult for him. Excellent blitzer. I, I think you could do some things with him in coverage against tight ends. Uh, kind of a hybrid kind of guy to me. Well, speaking of hybrid, who are you looking at coming up here as as this season progresses? Who are the best pass rushers in college football? Because that's the one entity that every single NFL team needs, and they don't always have to draft them high. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I, you, you want to you, you hope that the Marquise Hang, Marquise hangs down at. Ole Miss is a player that, you know, you would think can put on maybe some weight and, and potentially, you know, make the next step. Bradley Chubb, you know, I had a chance to watch him in person a couple times last year. Uh, kind of one-dimensional, but he's he's a strong player, uh, a guy that has good get-off. Started the season off on wildfire, has kind of settled down. Um, I, I don't think necessarily in terms of being able to project uh, Mata Afa at Washington State, if he were to come out early, you know, he's more of a chess piece type of player. Um, it, I, I think you bring up a great point, though. The pass rushers, to me, are kind of lacking in, in college football in, in terms of you just want an elite guy. Uh, you're going to be hard-pressed this year uh, to find one. 
I like Rasheem Green out of USC, but he's more of a five technique. And again, mm-hmm. another junior. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Duke um, a jewel four from Wake Forest is another guy, but he's a little bit stiff. Uh, it, it, I'm telling you, this is a year where you're going to be struggling if you need to get a pass rusher. Uh, you're going to be struggling to go through some tape. What about o- o- uh, Ron Quo from Oklahoma and Sam Hubbard, Ohio State? Yeah, well, I like uh, I like Oko a little bit better than, than Hubbard. Hubbard has to develop a better secondary pass rush move. Uh, I think he can be a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, it's a big reason why his production has been a little bit down this year as compared to last year. Um, a lot of these guys really just haven't been able to finish. Now, the one guy we haven't mentioned – that I think is probably going to be the number one player picked because of that dirt the pass rushers is obviously Harold Landry at Boston mm-hmm. College, mm-hmm. who I yeah. do think, uh, you know, he, he missed last week's game against Florida State, uh, but he's got length and, and he's also got pretty good bend, and he might be able to stand up for some teams. All right, last, and uh, we'll let you go. My Texas defense playing much better when they're not allowing opposing teams wide receivers to run scot-free in that secondary. Uh, Malik Jefferson, we'll see if he decides to stay. But uh, are you you impressed with the improvement on that side of the ball for the Longhorns? I mean, you can't help but be. I mean, I know you got to be proud as one of the great defenders in school history to watch these guys carry on your tradition and some of the other guys who come through there and and done such a great job. And and I really think that the one player – Hill, you know, has been the player that I yeah. think has stepped up in terms of just just his overall game. I, I know he does, you know, he's had a bunch of touchdowns and stuff like that, or a couple of them anyway. Uh, but I just like the way he's competed, and and I think people forget how big he is. Obviously, Elliott has made the most plays in the secondary, but I, for me, when I watch them, I like the way Colton Hill mm-hmm. has competed mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that secondary, and I, and I think their defensive line. It's, it's got, they've got a pretty good unit up front. I, I think probably uh, the guy that I'm most impressed with that doesn't get a lot of props is Puna Ford. Um, he's kind of a thick fire plug kind of guy, but you know I think he helps those other guys go. Corey Chavis, college football analyst for CBS Sports Network, CC. Appreciate you, my man. Man, it's always great to talk to two of my guys. I'm so glad to talk to y'all. Thanks for having me on. You Thanks, got Corey. it. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.